Braining Cyberspace, and welcome to episode 189 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, I am on a bit of a hot streak. I don't know if I've told you this, but twice in the last week, I've ended up with free pizza. No, you didn't tell me. Free pizza is amazing, especially if you're a Ninja Turtle. Yeah, especially if you live in a sewer and you want... Well, it's funny because some of the pizzas I had definitely had, like, Ninja Turtle-style quality to them and that, like, the ingredients were a little bit uh, odd. So, essentially... Um, I thought you were going to say you found them in a sewer. No, thankfully. No, that's that's a little too gross for me. Okay. No, in the first case, uh, my wife's friend, uh, her husband is, like, a uh, an Instagram foodie. A Ninja Turtle? <laughs> okay. I wish. No, he's an Instagram foodie, and he... Uh, participated in a pop-up event at a restaurant and ended up with way too much pizza. And these are like the 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 square style pizzas. Oh, those that means it's gourmet. Yeah. Oh yeah. So one of them had truffles on it. Oh. Which was Pig, trippy. Pigs find those. And then well, I that's what I learned from from Stardew Valley, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I learned everything about agriculture from Stardew Valley. That that's pretty on brand for you, Angelo. I'm pretty I'm pretty proud of you. Learning from video games. And then the second case, I ended up uh, going to see my sister yesterday and see my family for Mother's Day. And the doorbell rings, and it's my sister's neighbor, who she's only met once before. And she goes, we got, we ordered one pizza and then got two. Would you like one? Wow. So she said yes, and we ended up taking it home because her and her husband are both lactose intolerant. And it is a weird one. It's a weird pizza. Weird Tomatoes, one. olives, and then underneath the cheese, onions everywhere. That's a, mm, her neighbors are weird. I know. Well, th- they didn't order that one. That's the whole thing, right? Oh, so they just got... Okay, so they got a random weirdo pizza. Yeah, they got a, their pizza and then one another pizza. That's... This one time we ordered vegetarian pizza, and they sent us vegetarian pizza with bacon. <laughs> <laughs> did you eat it? Oh, of course Yeah, it was fine. I mean, we're not vegetarians. We just... We like the taste of vegetarian pizza. Yeah. This one was apparently the chef's special. It's like a vegetarian pizza with bacon on it. Um, yeah, so we Best enjoyed it, worlds. but it was not what we were expecting. I was talking to a friend uh, yesterday night about the pizza, and they said, uh, in Italian, good things come in threes. Is that true? Yeah, that's uh, a, a thing. So f- f- fingers crossed for a third magical pizza to enter into my life And shortly. I mean, look, if it wasn't Italian, it wouldn't be pizza. <laughs> that That's very true. It's actually a really good point. Um, uh, quick update about the show. We have, we got a, some listener uh, emails. So, a real uh, listener this time, uh, though. <laughs> <laughs> I also got a couple of people because I mentioned last episode, if anyone had reached out to us about interviewing uh, John D, the man who sent the Unchained email. If you want to hear more about it, go ahead and head over to episode 188. But Jason wrote in to saying, Brian Angelo, I just listened to episode 188 and it was great. John D sounds just like the sort of unhinged weirdo I love to hear other people specifically not me talk to <laughs> is it just chance that he's named john d so no jason what i had done is i gave uh, john's first initial i didn't want to give his full name out here right and then uh, check out the john d wikipedia page because i i is it is there a chance that he's named john d and so he linked me to a mystic astronomer astrologer from the uh, 16th century named john d d e e he's one of the most uh, jason continues he's one of the most famous british mystics of all time so that's the brian portion of the email now the angelo portion of the email is uh says jason says also i'm loving Elden ring although i haven't finished it yet there's some really questionable stuff in the game but it's buried a bit like the saluvis quests where he wants you to permanently ruffle a female npc that he then literally keeps at his bedside i actually shuddered when i found out what was happening not not ruffle it's it's roofy uh uh Oh, Rufy, right, okay, my apologies. Because that's, I like Ruffle better. He kind of, so there's a wizard 
who so I never did this because he ended up dying. Well, in here, my let's game. finish the email very quickly, right? So Jason says, so gross, that alone is worth the mature rating on the game. Anyways, I always love the pod. Jason, thank you, Jason, for responding to us. Angela Elden Ring, go. Well, I, th- I never got that far. I found his little sub dwelling in the basement where he had all these bizarre, I almost want to say like Elden Ring's version of real dolls. And he would steal <laughs> souls and put them in there. I think that's what, where I was going. Uh, anyway, he, I never got that far with him because he had given me a potion to give to this other NPC. And I didn't know who that NPC was because the game is not good at telling you those things. Right. And then when I came back to ask him, he was dead. Oh, well, I mean, I that's sort of yeah. A lot of times that happens in Elden Ring where you talk to an NPC and you do something else and you come back to talk to that NBC, NBC not to, to, <laughs> to talk to that NPC and they are dead. It happens often. Many dead NPCs. <laughs> so that is this, the summation of Elden Ring right now for you. Oh, yeah. Well, I haven't played in a while. I mean, I, I did everything I wanted to no, do in that game. We're not going to talk about all the other. Vi- <sighs> no, no. I, I'm just saying I haven't played Elden Ring in a few weeks. I will eventually go back to it. Maybe when they Angelo literally opened a lot of communication about the video games he wishes to play next. And I, that is the, the height of a first world problem, I think. First world problems. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, first world problems are going to start being food food shortages soon. But hey, uh, yeah. let's not. <laughs> There's a run on cat food right now too, which we're worried about. But uh, really, neither. Yes. Oh damn! I need to buy my cats cat food. Jason, one last thing before we close things off uh, for your email. I have reached out to John D. I emailed him. I said that I found his content very interesting, and would he come on the podcast to talk about it? We shall see. Uh, I'll probably update the the Twitter profile. Twitter.com slash double underscore density. Do we do that interview with video? If Well, I mean, it's up to John. That really. might be horrifying. I don't know. We could throw it up on our YouTube channel, our long dormant YouTube channel. Yeah. Even though YouTube is the largest podcasting platform in the world. That makes me sad. Double density. Uh, moving on from uh, listener emails to something that you want to talk about, which is a brand new uh, video game uh, portable console. It's been announced for a while. It's the Playdate by Panic. Uh, Panic, first known for Mac software. They did uh, the Transmit software. And then they came out with a couple of games, Firewatch and the Untitled Goose game. Am I oh, I'm glad that you named it properly because in the unfinished. show notes you wrote Unfinished Goose I Game, which is... I think it is, is unfinished. It's Untitled, uh, well, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is I was going to say, if you had decided to keep that name, Angela, we may have had a bit of a lawsuit on our hands there. Yeah, it's they 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 like giving unfinished products to people. Um, yeah, it is the Untitled Goose game, which I, I guess it's a typo, Brian. It's a typo. But now they've come with the play date, which was delayed because of all kinds of things, chip shortages and all that, and uh, there were some issues with their batteries. But now the play date is getting to customers. And Brian, were we sent a review unit? We were not, Angela. No, we though I have watched numerous youtube uh personalities review this one yeah i've seen it it's cool i feel it's more of like an art object than it is a video game console if you know what i, I mean i would agree with that because uh so there there are several components right so it is a um tiny uh black and white style um uh like an old school game boy um, no backlight, which is like the biggest gripe everyone has about this. And then uh, the games get sent to you every month, which is cool. It's like a subscription service. Um, but at the same time, you never quite know what you are getting. So it could be anything. Some of the games are very, very um, rudimentary. Like there's a version of Snake on here, whereas others, there's like an RPG. There's there's a bunch of stuff. There's a the cryptid game that's like plays like an action RPG. Yeah, there's a whole 
and and they run the gamut, right? There's games that are kilobytes in size, and there are games that are many, many mega power. Mega power, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm stealing that one from GameSack and Sega. I was gonna say like you're just uh, you're just in Genesis land right now. I mean, it's not something I would ever get to to buy to play games on. It would be more something to say I have it, and this is a cute little thing. The crank is pretty interesting. At first, when I the crank is in the yeah, yeah, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, it's that's to it's a battery powered thing, and you, you turn the crank to power it. Which I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person that thought that. But then I realized, oh, it's it's part of the game mechanic. So I first thought it was only for fishing games. You know, it was a very oh, limited kind of yeah. Well, that, that I mean, there's got to be a fishing game. Yeah. On the there is a, one of the one of the games though um, that kind of looks like Zelda. You have to crank it in in dark rooms in order to power your flashlight. So See, okay, that's a so there's some interesting, fun little mechanics that can come from this. Thing. I feel like it's more a, a concept of like interesting use cases versus like you were saying before, like once again, an art object versus like a a. Uh, video game console of like um, unlimited power or something, right? Yeah, it's it's it is borderline hipsterish, but I like I like Panic. I like the people that work there and the stuff they make, and I think it's interesting. It's not something I could even buy if I wanted to at this point because they're so far ahead in their orders. I think you're like a year out if you order one now. I mean, like the build is very high quality. That's what everyone keeps saying that like they're very impressed with the the actual physical object itself. So, good news for for people who are into that. Yeah, the sticker price is almost two hundred bucks USD. So it's like closer to two fifty for us. And I, yeah. I can't really justify spending two hundred fifty bucks on a black and white console. I think it's Teenage Engineering who's making the hardware. They're the ones that make that little OP synth thingy. If you ever yeah, seen I'll, it. I'll, yeah, I have. Um, and we'll link to it in the show notes. It's, it's cool. Very expensive, it's, but very cool. I mean, a lot of their stuff, once again, is very high high and beautiful, right? So high, sorry, high-end and beautiful looking. Yeah, and this is why I'm calling it more of an art piece than anything else. And uh, a pretty neat one at that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the TX6 um, interface is 1200 bucks USD. Yeah, not not cheap. Not no, no. cheap. If anyone wants to send us, though, uh, double density podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I'll, I think I'll stick to playing Firewatch and Untitled goose game eventually speaking of uh games angela you and i uh, uh probably two of the last people on earth still but we we still enjoy uh, daily wordle sessions where we'll text each other in the morning and uh i feel uh no shame in discussing this because this is in the future so today's word had a bit of an issue in that uh it got replaced kind of like midstream so i got one version of the word i don't know which one you got i had shine okay so i had the contagious words so even though all of these different words have been decided at the outset, right? Like the, the, the Wordle app has been pre-programmed for like a year's worth of words. I got the word fetus. And of course, given the political climate in the United States these days, kind of a touchy subject. Yeah, because I had to go back and look what word I got. And so you got, I didn't realize we had a different word today. Yeah, I was very confused when I woke up and I, I did it. And I said, uh, and then I checked because I saw a bunch of people complaining on Twitter and I didn't know what they were talking about. And finally, uh, yeah, it, fetus. Yeah, no, I had shine, which is a, a little more positive. Not that there's anything wrong with a fetus. Right now, though, there is a problem in terms of politically speaking. Exactly. I just posted a picture on socials. Uh, I found a dip in our, which is like a corner store named Pro-Choice. Pro so I thought it was very good because <laughs> I am of the same opinion. Yeah, well, Quebec has always been pretty liberal. Yeah, exactly. We're we're quite progressive here in Quebec. 
Unless you speak too much English, then that's a problem. That, I mean, that's a whole other conversation to have about a different podcast that we're not a part of right now. Okay, great. But back <laughs> to video games. Wordle is the the quintessential video game of the age now. I think that's that's where all the high-end consoles are going to go, just <laughs> one word a day. Oh, I see. Angel the Oracle has is, is put his little wizard's cap on, and now yeah. he's he's doing this. I mean, from software's next Wordle app will be like, it'll be a Souls-like Wordle. Right, where, where you, you have die. to like it's like typing of the dead almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, have you ever played any of those games, like typing of the dead and games of that ilk? Yeah, yeah, those fun. are fun. Yeah, those are really yeah. fun. I, I I played one. I think Sega had it online. Right, you can just play it for free online at one point. Oh, did they? I can't remember that. It, it's possible it was just like a uh, flash based ripoff, but who knows? <laughs> I uh, I do enjoy the fact that you uh, you have. Uh, played type of thank you for sharing that uh, immense moment with me angelo speaking of immense moments i did have a dreamcast did you have the the little what was the the tiny portable um peripheral with it well it was the memory card basically the vmu right but could you take it, was, it out and do stuff with it yeah it was a vmu i mean if you played sonic you could that's at the vmu it was almost like a weird sort of tamagotchi thing you could do with it after did you have the seaman game i never played seaman Seaman, uh, I will link to you. You have to have the, the microphone shots. attachment. Yes, and it's like a, it's like one of those. It's like a, having a Tamagotchi, but like a really weird uh, a fish with a human face. So I know probably a lot of our listeners are know what we're talking about, but I will go ahead and link uh, to in the show notes. Just, just show physically. Yeah, well, yeah, but, like. and and whenever I think of that game, it leads me back to the Peter Molyneux vaporware demo of that Milo character. That would oh, go with yeah. the connect. Do you remember that? He was oh, a little yeah. British chap. This has been a little while gonna, ago, yeah. Oh, yeah, but it was Peter Molyneux, right? So he's gonna make it sound like it'll be like the best thing since since Fable. <laughs> since so, as far as spread, I know, right? that he's kind of he's kind of like descended right into like uh uh just mediocrity. It's unfortunate because he had some really great ideas, and then I think Microsoft kind of dropped the ball with his studio and there were all kinds of promises made that never went through, and it's kind of a sad story. Maybe it's something we should look into for a future episode. Yeah, I'm just looking through his Wikipedia page, and he hasn't done anything in a while. No, he 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 was first well-known for Populous, right? Which was a good game, yeah. Yeah, he had those God game things going. Fable and Fable 2 were great. I played them on my Xbox. He also, Xbox did, uh, he also did Theme Park, which I greatly liked. Never played that. Oh, and Dungeon Keeper, which I also played a bunch of uh, in my earlier days. But yeah, yeah Seaman always makes me think of Milo being like the future of that, and that never came to pass. It's true. Uh, really unfortunate. Speaking of unfortunate things uh, and to end things off in the tech segment here, Angela, I sent you uh, a WebMD article. And before anyone asks, it's not about cancer because uh, a lot of people have said you never look anything up on WebMD because it's automatically cancer. And Angela, I know you've done that before. Yes. I mean, right now I have a strange bruise on my toe. I don't know where it came from, but I know if I look it up on WebMD, it'll be that my toe will be falling off in a few weeks. Yeah. No, this one uh, uh, is all about how the FDA is investigating claims that Lucky Charms are making people sick. Yeah. And um, you sent this to me without knowing, but my son absolutely adores Lucky Charms. Eats them every so- day. But he's weird. And he doesn't eat them with milk. So maybe the milk is activating the some sort of, right. sort of uh, weird problem with them. I don't know. Right. But he's been eating them for weeks and weeks now. And knock on wood, there's been no issues. But it's very odd that this is happening. And the thing is, it's not getting pulled off shelves. There's no recall happening. So is this? are people making it up? Or is it just 
some weird it's not a cor- correlation is not causation thing here phantom lucky term syndrome maybe what do you think i Brian? don't know um so i think that people are genuinely sick i do think that like that many people just pretending to join a really weird bandwagon seems really outlandish to me i mean it's not impossible but it's, i'd say it's highly improbable that that were the case um with that being said though angelo i linked you to one of my new favorite websites i was poisoned.com Yes. So I think this was the impetus to add this to the show notes, not to scare me into thinking my son's going to be poisoned by exactly. Lucky Charms because you didn't realize this. Yeah. So um, the website is saying now that they've had uh, over uh, 7,300 people claiming to be sick from Lucky Charms. Odd. We'll see where this goes. I decided to click on the, the near me link to see what kind of uh, reports oh, I got. Oh, cool. And? <sighs> So let's put it this way. If there ever was a question of like how to spell diarrhea, 99% of these people will get it wrong. I've seen it spelled every which way, Angelo. Yeah, let me try the near me thing as well. So I'd like to read one about Lucky Charms actually about someone who bought a box in Laval. Um, And this review states, and this is from four months back, I started to eat them this week to change my morning routine. I eat them with almond milk, no lactose, no gluten with a T. Ate it the first morning and got a really bad stomachache. Went to the bathroom. Ate it every day for a week. Four out of four times I had diarrhea. Well, four out of four time. Kind of weird. That's a lot of diarrhea. Now, so is this the one from three weeks ago you said? or um, a few no, Three or four weeks ago, yeah, from yeah. one Yeah. Here's another like one. It's uh, Lay's, Montreal, um, from 10 months ago. I started vomiting, V-O-M-O-T-I-N-G, after eating... Lace chips with sour cream. Well, there's a pizza one, Brian. Go for it. No, it's from... Uh, it's. I didn't realize we even had a Papa John's pizza here in Montreal. We do in Laval. There's yeah, one in Laval. This one is from Laval, uh, which is just north of Montreal. And the pizza from here, I had their garden pizza. It all started on the 26th of March when I ordered the pizza. Of course, that's, it only starts with ordering the pizza. That's where it all begins. I started feeling nauseated two hours after eating it. I started vomiting in the evening and went on for four days. <laughs> It happened this past week. I've been vomiting, having diarrhea, feeling extremely sick for the entire week. And so symptoms, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. So this is where double density is headed. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Here's one for Cheetos. Bought at a Dollarama, so the dollar store chain here in Canada. Eat Cheetos bag cheese and sick a few hours after. Only thing is I have to eat more, exclamation point. Mm, Well, the more you eat, the more you poop. (laughs) So I, I got two two more for you. One's from a McDonald's in Verdun, which is a suburb uh, that I live kind of close to, and I know exactly the McDonald's in question. So this is from a year ago. Um, share Putsin. So Angela, what is Putsin to people who don't know what it is? It is really good. It's French fries with uh, cheese curds and gravy on it. However, it's a Putsin from McDonald's is. Almost the gravy's like very an, watery. Yeah, it's almost like an artificial putsin. If you want a real putsin, you have to go to what's called a consin, which is like a, a greasy spoon type of place, right? Yeah. A, a, a diner, a drive-in, or a dive, as Guy Fieri <laughs> would say. Oh, did I tell you, Angela, that we recently subscribed to Discovery Plus, so I have access to all of those uh, wow. episodes, all 39 seasons. <laughs> 39 seasons of that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, so that's this, one of the few things we miss from having cable is the Food Network. And yeah, and that's, and I, I'm television. willing to pay seven bucks a month to get that in TLC. Nice. Yeah, uh, learn, you'll learn a lot from TLC. Oh, yeah, exactly. I can't wait to learn all about different relationships internationally. And watch the episode about hoarding cats. 
<laughs> I won't. Uh, so this McDonald's review says, Cher puts in and nuggets from home with my wife around 6.30 p.m. We vomited all night from midnight to 10 a.m., two or three times per hour. In the emergencies, we had to be rehydrated by several pockets of one liter of saline solution, intravenous anti-vomitive. It yeah. was the worst. Well, I mean, it's no fun getting sick. And this last one is, I think, just to self-tell. Like, you just narked on yourself. Are you ready for this one? Go. So this is just titled Salmon, Montreal. At home, I ate salmon yesterday. I woke up this morning, threw up the salmon I ate. Yeah. Well, so you just didn't prepare salmon properly yeah, is what you're telling is. us. So yeah, you like, poisonedyourself.com. I had raw pork the other day. It was really weird. Felt sick after. Have you ever had any uh, kind of uh, raw uh, meat? Raw meat or raw fish? No. Your sushi. I know your sushi. Oh, man. no. Sushi I like. Yeah, no. Sushi is... But sushi is not the same thing as eating raw meat. Like, I wouldn't eat raw pork or anything. I would love to watch you do that. No, but you're not supposed to eat raw pork or raw chicken. Beef is different where the bacteria is only on the outside. So as long as you sear the outside, you're fine. Now, w- one more thing, though. I, before I keep forgetting, food. Right now, the brand buds I buy, the all-brand brand buds... Yes. They are out of stock everywhere. I cannot find them. What there are you is, do about I can it? order them from Amazon. It's $50 for a box. I don't what think are you that's do about correct. It? Well, I'm eating different brand. <laughs> oh, okay, perfect. But I just think it's 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 frustrating that uh, we've lost so much types of cereal. Have you gone down the cereal aisle lately? There's like basically it's Poison Lucky Charms, no brand buds, and like... Oh, well, for a while the Rice Krispies were out, right? Because the Kellogg strike? Yeah, so I'm wondering, and and uh, Eggos are hard to find as well. Yeah, but you could just make other mornings. Yes, I understand, but when you have a child that is very picky and loves his goddamn Eggos, you have to have Eggos in the house. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode two of the uh, First World Problems podcast with your host, Brian D'Angelo. First World Problems. Yes, I know. I realize our problems are quite minuscule compared to many others out there. Well, I was going to finish things off by saying that the only time I've ever had, uh, like one of the few times I've ever been food poisoned was I had steak tartare once. And, yeah. Uh, it did not end well. It no. did not end well. So a friend and I both shared a plate and then he got something and I got something different and we both were sick. The only commonality there, of course, was the steak tartare. So yeah. I will stay away from there. Yeah, I would not eat that. It's like when you're at a, at a, at a resort where certain things are not being prepared properly. And everybody around you is getting sick except for you because you're because you're very diligent about germs and stuff. And by you, I mean me. I was about to say, like, this don't include me in your well. Uh, so fairy tales. you know, I was at a resort, and the guy's picking up the raw meat and putting it on the grill, and then serving the cooked meat with the same <laughs> tongs. So that's not a good sign. I will report him to IWasPoisoned.com. In uh, yeah, I, uh, with that in mind, Angela, let us head on over to the uh, paranormal side of things. Hopefully, we won't get poisoned. Computer, I'm a computer guy. Everything made out the buttons and wires. Double density. Welcome back to Double Density, and as always, we're switching gears from a tech to the paranormal. So something Earth-based, but originally began in space, Angelo. Um, so I linked you to a, uh, a, a uh, an article from uh, I think it's LF Science. IFLS? I effing love science. Oh, is that what it is? Yes. Ugh. Ugh. 
I effing love signs. Do you remember there was a time like that was a, there was a, a period of time where like that was very big on Facebook in like 2012, 2013, like I effing love science. Yeah. It was like one of the biggest pages on there. And like that kind of like snackable bite-sized content was like hitting just right in the algorithm. Yeah. Because, and it, it was actually true stuff, but then, uh, bots took over. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the majority. I don't know if you've, you're, you're not, I have on not Facebook been on anymore, Facebook right? so, in a long time. Yeah, it is a weird graveyard of content. Uh, I'm only on there, and I think I mentioned this before, because I belong to some groups that I actually get some involvement uh, I'm involved with and that I actually enjoy um, uh, conversing with the communities there. Um, but that's for, like, hobbies, like comic books and stuff. Uh, speak, before we continue with the, the, the article, speaking of comic books, my daughter sent me a message the other day asking me if there's any way she could find comic books to read online. So... Um, I told her about Marvel Unlimited, and there's also a DC one as well. But DC she's, Infinite, yeah. she because she's doing a project in class about Ms. Miss Marvel, and she was having trouble finding information online. So she thought it would be easier to read through every single one of the comics. And I said that's probably worse. Just, that's very time consuming. Yeah, uh, let me help you find a wiki, and I helped her find the or an explainer wiki. or something. Yeah, I helped her find something, and it helped. Uh, coming back to the topic at hand, though, I effing love science uh, posted an article uh, entitled NASA begs, please don't send us your meteorites. So what should you do if you find one? Which I found kind of interesting because it's not something that I've actually actively considered before. Um, you know, if ever you come across a meteorite. Um, and so they kind of use the framework of a recent meteorite in Mississippi and the different people chasing that. So essentially in the United States, what happens is that if a rock from space lands on your property, it's yours. But can't they be worth a lot of money? Right, they can be depending on the rarity and the the, the uh, composition of the meteorite. They can be. So, what does NASA want us to do with these things? Just chuck them in the garbage? Put them I mean, you can mantle, do whatever you want with them. You radiate ourselves. You can you can donate them to governmental causes, but first you have to make sure it's actually a meteorite. So, um, they're <laughs> yeah, like usually. So, if a meteorite lands on your property, it would probably create a lot of damage, wouldn't it? Oh, I mean, it depends where it lands, depends how big it is. There's a whole uh, bunch of, of stuff about that, right? Yeah, most of my backyard is is pool. So it would it hit a, and not a, a fancy in-ground pool either. It's an above-ground pool that would pretty much explode and destroy my entire backyard. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, do you remember the end of Donnie Darko, spoiler slash non-spoiler? I don't remember. I mean, I haven't seen that movie in a thousand years. All I remember the, is a weird the jet engine rabbit. falls into the. the oh house. yes, okay, yes. Yeah. Um, that is neither here nor there. Uh, so there is uh, linked in the effing I, I effing love science. This is really difficult to say. By the way, you said how they used to be a really really good on the Facebook algorithm. Yeah. I don't know if it's just because of where I don't have Facebook or whatever, but at the top of our article it says share on Facebook, and next to it it says zero shares. That's not a surprise. Let's be honest here. Yeah, so nobody has shared this article. On so in, in that article, the link to a United States Geological Survey webpage entitled, I think I found a meteorite, how can I tell for sure? So there are four characteristics people should be looking for before talking to the government. So uh, the density of the rock. Oh, um, density. How magnetic it is. Um, is it an unusual shape? And does it have a, a, a fusion crust, so a style of fusion crust? Does it talk about if anything blob-like is in it, don't go near it because it'll absorb you and get bigger and bigger? <laughs> uh, no, but have we talked about how great the remake with uh, Kevin Dillon is, the, ni the, the 1988 one? I loved that movie. I remember watching it on what at the time was called First Choice here in Canada. Yes. It was our, it was yes. our, it was now it's HBO Canada, but, and Crave. It scared the hell out of me. 
And I was I rewatched it last fall and I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, well, I mean, but as a 88, so I was like 11 or 10 years old. As somebody that young, after watching the movie, I was glad we lived in Montreal when it was cold so that the blob would have trouble here. And I was always looking for ways to make sure the blob wouldn't get near me. So I'd had I would be I would know to get ice cubes and stuff to throw at it. Right. Have we discussed how uh, a lot of the zombie scenarios don't hold a lot of uh, water, right? Because of the fact that like half the world gets cold um, very quickly. Yeah. I mean, zombies would have trouble here, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for as long as you're not near the equator, you're fine, right? Um, and so like I've seen certain bits of like, obviously this is all fictional, but um, certain bits <laughs> really? of media suggest that like after the first year of like zombie dumb, like the number of walking dead just plummets. Okay. So COVID though is worse than that. COVID is worse because it reprograms you while living. Yeah. Um, and that on top of the chips you get implanted in you. Do you remember the end? Uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but the, the 1978 version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers where Donald Sutherland points the one of the last remaining humans and lets out that like curdling scream. That's what COVID's like. Uh, when you get the shot, you do that to the unvaccinated. Okay. You just scream at them. Yeah, welcome to the Patriot Freedom Hour. Yeah. Uh, speaking of zombies, Brian, I started playing Resident Evil 7. I haven't played a Resident Evil game since Resident Evil 4. And uh, that game, best played at night in complete darkness. <laughs> with headphones on. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I always play video games with headphones on because of the family. And um, yeah, it is. Uh, it's uh, a lot of jump scares there. And it's first person, which is really weird. So oh, right, I know. Okay. I know. I'm late to the party with Resident Evil Seven and now Eight, but uh, yeah, scary game, paranormal. I uh, the last one I played was was two. You I watched a friend four? play three. No. What? I know. I know. Whoa. I know. Huh? You should play four. Okay. Well, I will put that in my back pocket, Angelo, and see what happens. I'm sure it's on the Switch somewhere. <laughs> uh, I've been also a lot of jump scares with Doom Eternal. Yeah, I never played that, so it's true. How how are you enjoying that? I mean, I've only played a couple hours. It's fine. Uh, but I really have to be in the mood for it. Now, speaking of mood, um, are you in the mood to talk about the moon? <laughs> I guess we can do this. Um, so let's preface. And the moon has lots of meter. Oh, well, yeah. oh, so before, to close things off about that, though. So um, there are a couple of things that you should be looking for. Oh, yes. We completely um, forgot about that. Um, that isn't a meteorite. So uh, meteorites do not have the following. So uh, any kind of like light colored crystal is not a meteorite. Oh, okay. It would be like a rock. Yeah. Um, if a meteorite has bubbles, you better watch out. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. there's the blob. Yeah, well, yes. And it's also earth-based usually. Oh, okay. And then a streak. If you, It says if you scratch a meteorite on an unglazed ceramic surface, so always stock up with ceramic surfaces, it should not leave a streak. Okay. Good to know. No, there you go. Yeah, I'll so, be on the uh, lookout for meteorites. Yeah, so if you're if you're curious and you think you have a meteorite in your home or near your home, uh, you know uh, the government is always saying, please test before calling us. What if you it it's in your home and there's a hole in your ceiling? You talk to your insurance company. You're pretty sure that it could be a meteorite. Is a meteorite an act of God? Meteorite, meteorite. Is that not covered by insurance? I'm just. I'm wondering if it's an act of God. Are acts of God not? Uh, some some are some aren't right. What if your um, your insurance company is is non religious? <laughs> uh, I just found a, a website called thevintagenews.com, and it says, and this is an article from 2018 recounting a 1965 story. 
1965, a man's car was hit by a piece of meteorite, and after his insurance company called it an act of God, he allegedly went to church in search of payment. <laughs> so there you go. Good call. Just knock on, on uh, Pope Francis's door. Yeah, exactly. Catholic Church, we all know you're hoarding that money, right? Oh, yeah, as of uh, John D's account. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Yeah, I'm very interested to see if John D. will actually respond and how we're going to handle that one, because I think yeah. it just might be a phone call. I think he's older, yes, so I think I that like, we may have to uh, um, figure out the technological ins and outs with him, for him, etc. We'll have to figure out if he's from west of the Rockies. I never understood that, by the way. He's a first-timer, so. Yeah. Do you I never, know where the Rockies are? No, no, I know where they are. I just never understood why. That's a coast-to-coast thing, coast-to-coast yeah. AM thing, right? Like, there's nobody yeah. else in the radio that does... Calling from east of the Rockies, west of the Rockies, whatever, right? No, they usually just have a nation line. So you mentioned uh, Art Bell slash Coast Coast using uh, east and west of the Rockies. So I don't know if you're aware of this, but um, call sign letters in the United States are either start with K or W's. Okay. Um, so essentially, if you are in the western part of the United States, so west of the Mississippi, it's a K. And then if you're in the east part of the country, it's a W. That's confusing. Wouldn't the western part, shouldn't that be a W? I agree. That is a great thing to bring up, Angelo. Um, let me call him. <laughs> let us guess. Please, let's do a Ouija seance with it. Speaking of calling Art Bell, was he related to Alexander Graham Bell? He was not. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Angelo. Um, but I think it's time to talk about another piece of media that you and I both uh, took in. So let us talk about Moonfall. Moonfall, Brian. Moonfall. I think I'm the first one to have watched this between the two of us. I noticed it was on Prime uh, as part of my subscription. I had seen a preview for this late last year, maybe. And, you know, I'm always up for a good old-fashioned Roland Emmerich end-of-the-world scenario movie. Uh, That's his bread and butter, wouldn't you say? I'd say more often than not, yeah. I mean, he wrote or directed a number of things, including Independence Day. And also, just to tie things in, he also wrote The Day After Tomorrow, which is adopted from an Art Bell book. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. The incoming or oncoming uh, global superstorm is what it's called. So basically, the dramatized, because that whole book is a what if about the uh, Earth's ecosystem and how things will go. Huh. I f- and you know what? I forgot that he did that movie, too. So he loves end of the world stuff. Um, he sure does. And with that said, though, uh, Independence Day and uh, Stargate. The Day After Tomorrow. Oh, Stargate was good. All those movies are better than this one. <laughs> yeah, that is. Well, so he also like uh, directed Godzilla, like the 98 version of Godzilla, which that was, was not terrible. Very yeah. So I'd say Godzilla worse than Moonfall. Yes. Um, but the, the, the uh, ones we just listed off are actually way better. So Moonfall, I first thing I thought was it would make a great James Bond title, and then I realized, oh, it's because it's Moonraker and Skyfall put together. I was about to say, I was going to say it's a portmanteau, Angelo. You dreamt up a portmanteau scenario. Do you have a favorite uh, James Bond title? Why is it Octopussy? No, uh, no, it's it's uh, in terms of just the title itself, yes, or the movie. Yes. So the title the itself is Never Say Never Again, right? That's a good one, and it's not one of the ones I never saw because right. that's like a a fake. James Bond movie, right? So it's kind of a confusing kind of lineage, right? So essentially what it is, is that the rights for James Bond and certain stories were split up in different ways. So producers were allowed to recreate 
different um, uh, uh, movie scenarios based on stories. Yeah, and that one's based on Thunderball, which yeah, is correct. not a great title. No. So what they essentially did in the early 80s is they dragged Sean Connery back into the James Bond role. Yeah, that was an odd one. I, so I never actually saw that one, but I do like the title because I think it's clever. My favorite actual James Bond movie was From Russia With Love. That's a good one. That's a great one, actually. I, have we, I did a watch through in the, uh, or during the first uh, part, part of the pandemic. I have to. I have. I. I guess I have all the James Bond movies because they're all available on Crave. Uh, again, right. we're, we're like an advertisement for Crave <laughs> slash First Choice Canada. Uh, I have not seen the newest one though. I will no, watch okay. that eventually. Okay. Uh, probably twenty minutes too long, just between you and I and all of our listeners. But now back to uh, Moonraker slash Skyfall. Well, are you not even going to ask me what my favorite title is? I see how it is. Oh well, what is Very your favorite James Bond movie, movie Brian? Or your favorite title, and then favorite, favorite James Bond movie. I mean, Doctor No is a classic. I love the idea of just a doctor being called Doctor No, right? Not bad. <laughs> uh, Live and Let Die. Oh, that's a good one. Great theme song. Uh, great theme song, and also uh, one of my favorite people on earth is in there um, playing the the heavy or the bad guy Yafit Kato, who was oh, yeah. also in uh, the movie Bone by Larry Cohen. So I'm in the middle of uh, reading a book all about Larry Cohen, who is a screenwriter and also a director of many different things. Now, are also any, from Homicide Life on the Street. And are there any connections to James Bond in this movie? I don't think in so. In Moonfall? No. no. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Angela, walk me through walk me through the, the highest level plot you can of Moonfall. Ooh, uh, so, the moon, and they mentioned this many times. Is, oh, so we should also mention spoilers. Uh, yeah, we're spoiling everything in this movie. Is it So, before we spoil it, though, and, and if people want to stop the episode right here and go and watch it, is it worth their time to watch it? If you got nothing better to do, yes. I it was I will say this, I liked it more than 2012. Which was another Roland Emmerich joint, which was not I, very good. I at could not all. finish that movie. I stopped that movie. I never finished it. I, I I thought, okay, let me give it a try, but I it felt like it was the longest movie ever, and I still had an hour and a half left to go. I uh, actually have a, a better uh, Moon-related movie. So I don't know if you know this, but Roland Emmerich also directed a movie in the early 90s or late 80s called Moon 44, which I think is the superior movie to go watch. Well, if you want to watch I'll, a Roland I'll, Emmerich film okay. with the word movie in it. Okay. Well, the word Moon, yeah. Well, because I was going to one-up you on that. There's also a, a movie called Moon, which is even better. Oh, yeah, with a, <laughs> a directed by David Bowie's son. Yeah, which we can't remember his name. <laughs> Why am I drawing a blank? This Did he also direct the World of Warcraft movie? Oh, did he? I think so. I have not. Uh, Davy Jones, I think, right? Is that it? Let's let's take a look. Duncan Jones, that's it. Davy Jones is the bad guy from uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies and also one of the monkeys. He also did direct Warcraft. So there you go. Yeah. So, I mean, money, money, money is good sometimes. <laughs> okay. What so is back a to, side? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Moonfall. So, so try to describe what Moonfall is. The Earth and the Moon... Are always in, in, in perfect harmony, right? But all so, of a sudden, yeah. the moon, geosynchronous orbit, the orbit of the moon is changing, and they keep saying that in the movie, that, as if it's as if everybody knows that would never happen. But most people probably don't think, give it a second thought. There is a, a disgraced astronaut who uh, claimed he saw some sort of object hit the moon during an accident that happened, and he was like basically run out of the space program because of this. Do you think they had insurance on that? Like, is is this an act of God in space? 
it is possible. Um, I don't know what the coverage for NASA is on their space shuttles, though. And I don't either, and I wonder, yeah, I would wonder who underwrites that insurance claim. I would love to know that. Uh, oh, and we, we mentioned Donald Sutherland. Uh, he's in this movie, too. He is, yes. Creepy old dude uh, that is the care. Who appears in the shadows, then leaves again. Yeah, he's in it for like four seconds, right? And he, he yeah. takes care of uh, the all the hidden things. Basically, he's the equivalent of uh, the guy who holds the documents at the Vatican, but for NASA. Yeah, exactly. He's like the, the cigarette-smoking man in the X-Files. So uh, to pick up where you were left off, Angelo, so there's this disgraced astronaut who basically gets called back into service when the moon falls out of geosynchronous orbits, and it is discovered by a an everyman who pretends to be a UCLA professor. Yes. He's, um, you know how we always complain how the people that deal in the paranormal love, love, love their, their alphabet soup titles at the end of their names and insist on being called doctor. In his case though, uh, I think he, he keeps going by Dr. Casey Houseman for a while. And then at the end he reveals that he was not a doctor, uh, all this time. He sort of looks like you. It's John Bradley from, uh, Game of Thrones. I like him. He's, he's, he's some good comic relief in this movie. Yeah, I got kind of tired of it, though. I hate the idea that you have to do a four-quadrant thing. Like, you have to hit all of the marks, all of the possible um, uh, sort of, like, uh, target segments here of, like, you have a little comedy. It, 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 it kind of drags me down. Yeah, he had the one F-bomb in the movie. They're, he uh, did. PG-13 mandated F-bomb. Um, Halle Berry's in it. Oscar winner Halle Berry, right? Uh, yeah. Patrick Wilson, uh, Exercise of Grace. As a disgraced astronaut. He's great. I like him. And then someone I actually, because, uh, so uh, Moonfall Connection here, but this was mostly shot in Montreal. And uh, someone I used to work with is actually one of the extras enlisted. On really? The it was mostly pages. shot here? Yes. Huh. Yeah. I There's an know. awkward, uh, early on in the movie, and I don't know if you know this, this, but when Patrick Wilson is riding his motorcycle to what I think is like Griffith's Observatory. Yes. Um, it looks awfully green screened. Uh, in the certain scene before, in the scene before he pulls up there. And it's just, it's weird looking. Yeah, and I, I find um, as well they they have to shoehorn a Chinese character in here to appeal to China. Did, did well, that, well, did not it just, feel that not way? Just, not just appeal to them, but usually what will happen in a lot of these bigger budget movies nowadays is that uh, there is Chinese financing. And and there's nothing wrong with that. I, sh- I, I actually liked that character. It was kind of Oh, I think it's fun. a great idea, but it, you're right. It is led by the notion that... Uh, it just You just feel it, right? Like you see, it's like, oh, why... Why are they making a big deal? Oh, yes, because you have to have somebody from China to make sure that it's it's watched there. And that's, you know, that's fine if you need to make up your 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 money. I don't think this movie made up any of its money because it was terrible. Okay, so well, it was look. also released it was also released like in the wake of like uh, Spider-Man, right? Yeah, uh, this came out in February well. and a lot of theaters here in in Canada closed and reopened. Um uh, you know, not as bad as Death of the Nile, which came out around the same time. I don't know what that is. See, it's a remake of a uh, of an Agatha Christie novel, starring a, a subpar actress, Wonder Woman herself, Gal Gadot. Yeah, not oh. good. You Gal don't like her? Not. I I like her. Just she was ill fitting in this role. I thought. Okay. Well, back to this movie. Um, Casey Houseman explains that the moon is not the moon as we know it. It's a megastructure, sort of like the one that the telescopes were seeing in outer space. The alien oh, talking about Umamau. No, no, the one, the one that was uh, blocking stars, and they couldn't figure out what was happening. Right. I linked an article. Uh, I just in, realized that like that probably makes for a really good yo mama joke. Uh, Umamau. 
<laughs> Yo mama umama. Uh, okay, isn't that a song? It is. It's in E.T., yeah. another alien movie. <laughs> okay, so my thought the whole time is, what happens one day if all the people we think are cranks and quacks like uh, Dr. Casey Houseman are actually right? What if they, yeah, what if they were right, Angelo, right? And that's kind of like an, uh, every conspiracy theorist's, like, wet dream, essentially. Yeah, and at one point he is hosting a conspiracy theory evening, uh, mostly talking about megastructures, and there's one guy that keeps bringing up Kennedy. And yeah, of Oswald course, like, it's, it's, it's like the, the sad caricature that people always go to, right? Yeah, uh, it is. It is uh, all those people in that group are a sad, sad bunch. Lots of people die in this movie, by the way. Correct. Like, lots of, not the main characters, they mostly live. I mean, the one character that dies ends up living at the end as well. Which, yeah, which could set up for a sequel, but, like, that's not even... That's not, that. that will not happen. There will be no sequel to this movie. This is, <laughs> this is so... Are you, I was going to ask, are you just the, like, uh, you're just the, the money man who's deciding this? Yeah, I've... They need to really stunt cast somebody as the moon. Okay, so all this to say that the moon is a megastructure that Oof. we created... Why, Angelo, you, are you ready for this? So I oh. just, before I forgot, speaking of money, man, so the budget, estimated budget is 150 mil. Okay. It grossed 45 mil Oof. worldwide. So That's that is... you went, made that noise. Yeah. That, that is, is sad. Uh, so it's not it's not going to be coming back, and we will not find out what happened to Dr. Casey Houseman as he became an avatar inside the moon, because the moon was created by our ancestors who seeded all kinds of planets they could try to seed because they created AI, which went against them and decided yes. to kill them. So this yeah. is what would happen if Siri It almost and Alexa, sounds like the, the newest Matrix movie a little bit. I haven't seen the newest Matrix movie. It'll okay. be available for me to watch on HBO very soon, so I'll watch it there. Oh, well, it's only the, five months out? Yeah, along with The Batman, which I have not seen yet. Okay. Well, I don't know. I, I, it's three hours. I know I could watch it in, in shifts, but it seems long. But I'm, assu- I'm assuming it is better than this movie. It is... Uh, uh, Better um, by a, a multiple factor. Let's put it that way. By uh, a factor. A of factor moon. of two to of three. Moon. Of moon. Moon squared. So now this megastructure, Brian, what do you think? Do you think the moon could be a megastructure? <laughs> I mean, like this holds as much credence as the moon is hollow theory, right? The thing is, um, were the moon to be a megastructure, I think it would have to be programmed in a certain way right and then like the uh, in order to stay in geosynchronous orbit and then also like its contents need to never switch weight wise yeah. like there's a lot there that needs to sort of like be nailed down for me to like want to begin believing in this i i feel like this movie tried to combine everything roland emmerich likes in terms of making a disaster on earth right so it created the moon moving created all kinds of storms and things on earth right well the day the day after tomorrow right? yeah there was, you know, oceans rising, things dis- being destroyed, also 2012, right? Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, aliens, so Independence Day, right? Yep. Um, then it turns out we were the aliens all along, and the phone call was coming from inside the house. <laughs> well, also to add to that, right, like putting a crack team together, including scientists and things like that, to go do something. That's Armageddon. Stargate. Stargate. Yeah. Stargate, Armageddon. Well, I mean, uh, we're trying to keep this, we're trying to keep this to Roland Emmerich. Yeah, Day After right? Tomorrow is not Roland Emmerich, right? Uh, it is? No. Yes. No, sorry, Day After, sorry, I meant um, Deep Impact. Uh, no, Deep Impact is not it. No, no. 
Dennis Quaid was not in this movie though. He was no. in he was in Day After Tomorrow, right? He sh- yes, he was. And but his brother was also in. Day After Tomorrow was also shot in Montreal partially. And then his brother Randy Quaid exploded the aliens, and then he fled to Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're forming like a grand theory of Roland Emmerich uh, uh, here. Yeah. Uh, so what? Um, all kinds of things happen. Turns out we were it was us, and at the end, we don't know who is Moon. No one knows who is Moon truly at the end of the day, right? Like that's the whole problem is that we're we're not quite sure who or what is Moon at the end of the day. Who could it be? Who could it not be? I mean, like once again, like it holds as much credence as uh, a flat Earth. Yeah, um, and, uh, theory. I, and dear listener, if you feel like we're making fun of this movie, rest assured we completely are. Yes, this is not a, a serious endeavor um, at all. The very least, even as a popcorn movie, it kind of fails. It gets, I don't know, I was bored a lot. Yeah, I'm not going like, to lie to you. I, I, was well, I, was, I was as bored as Halle Berry was. She did not <laughs> yeah. seem super interested no, in this movie. No, she clearly uh, wanted money and she got it. Yeah, the, I, her interactions with her son were really flat. Um, her ex-husband, I mean, what did he do? He, he, he held off nuclear bombs. That Pretty was odd much, too. Yeah. And then of course they had to escape the other, the other side of the family had to escape when everybody else got exploded on the base. Yep. Know, the, a lot of people left the base. There was just those two guys left. Yeah. And they, they, they not, got not, away on the helicopters and the helicopters got swallowed up by the gravity storms. The gravity storms are kind of cool. Yes. That was kind of cool. I agree. Decent uh, car yeah, chase. This feels like a retread. This definitely feels like a retread of the day after tomorrow, essentially. But a instead lot of, of, of the Earth combined. itself, it's it's just the moon causing these issues. Yeah, a lot of things got got put together in this movie. Yes, I I do think that Roland Emmerich just kind of mentally went through all the things that he loved, and just slapped everything together, and then got the financing for it. Do you um, think he's going to make another movie? Uh, well, apparently he's attached to a remake of Stargate. So remaking your own movies at this point. Yes. I Remake mean, like, of Godzilla did not go well for him. Hopefully his <laughs> no, own movie not. goes better. It's funny you say you mentioned Godzilla, though, because um, one of the more annoying things to me as a teen who loved to watch men in rubber suits fight each other is that a lot of the Godzilla movies have that human element to them, which I do not care about. Okay. I you don't just, care like, about the, the giant things attacking yeah, each other. Yeah, like, exactly. And, like, the, the army response or whatever. Like, I don't give a, a crap about the kids who, like, love Godzilla or whatever. Who, like, you didn't want to know what Matthew Broderick was doing? I don't care at all. No. no. I did no. like the newer Godzilla things. Uh, I mean, the, the newer Godzilla uh, uh, dual, uh, yeah, uh, the two films, and then the, the Kong. The Kong combining. We talked about that one, how yeah. I think Kong. I mean, and uh, and they're all part of, they're part of the MCU. Yeah, exactly. They're all just joining the monstrous cinematic universe. Yeah. So, no, but uh, I mean, Captain Marvel's in them, Loki's in them, right? Isn't John C. Uh, Riley, Nova, yeah. Yeah. Um, isn't Nick Fury in them? He is, I think so. Yeah, yeah. see, so they're all there. It's all just one connected thing. It must be one of those, like, uh, you know, uh, a different Marvel timeline. No, no Marvel connections. Oh, no, Storm is in this one. It's true, Storm is in this one. But that's yeah. more of a, I mean, like, it's an MCU asterisk it one, right? It is part of one of the universes at this point. I uh, did, So since we're talking about movies, did I mention to you I am going through the X-Men movies with my daughter in preparation to go see Doctor Strange sometime in the next couple of weeks because we no. know that... Uh, Sir Patrick Stewart, isn't it? Yes. Uh, I'm going to see it tomorrow on the 10th. Cool. Um, and I'll spoil it uh, live. I'll text you live. Yeah, thanks. Please do that. Oh, So you're Spider-Man's doing, you're doing the Fox movies. You're doing the first class. You're so, doing, we've, uh, so we have watched X1 and X2. We skipped yep. Last Stand because it's terrible. Um, 
I thought we were going to try watching it, and then I watched the I watched the trailer of it, and I realized, no, no, this is terrible. We're not going to watch it. We watched uh, First Class, and then we watched uh, Days of Future Past. Okay, so you haven't done Apocalypse. Oh, uh, we watched Apocalypse. My daughter so far enjoyed Future Past the most. She is correct in her assumptions. Yeah. Apocalypse was just, I'm like, that's Moon Knight, by the way. She loved Moon Knight. Yeah. I, which, and I almost wasn't going to show her because I didn't think she'd like it. But she I still haven't it. watched it. I'm waiting for time to, to to be able to go and do that. But I've been doing other things like reading, being outside, listening to other podcasts. Yeah, she reads all the time. She does all kinds of stuff. But we were watching that on rainy days. No, oh, well, and I go. think we we will. I've never seen it, and she she got she really liked Wolverine, and she thought he was great. So we might watch the Wolverine Origins thing. I heard it's terrible. Oh, though. No, don't do that. No, not going to waste my time. I never no, saw don't. it, so I can't. And I mean, I the, do wish the Wolverine could, is good. The, yeah. I wish we could watch Logan, but my wife would kill me if she watched Logan with me. Here's a here's something you can do, though. So on, I'm not sure it's available. It's probably not. But I bought the Blu-ray, which has the black and white version. Of, of Logan? Of Logan. Yeah, but is it... Is it still it's still the same thing. It's just black and white, so yeah, you don't see as much of the. I guess, but it's yeah, and I I don't think it's I think it's a little too much for her. If I told my my wife that my, I let my daughter watch an R rated movie, um, she would not be pleased. Well, because I, she, she's also of high school age, Angelo. I understand, but I uh, this I would get in trouble with with management. So are you um, just? Do you feel like you, like you're sheltering her a little too much with that though? Maybe, but it's it's not only my decision. If she had said I want to watch Logan, I would let her watch it. But because this is a partnership slash I'm uh, I'm a little bit lower on the rung of management here, <laughs> deferring to the CEO, it would right. be uh, vetoed. Uh, because she, I know she would really love the Deadpool movies. She would think that are hilarious. Oh, yeah. I agree. Uh, but especially now having seen the X-Men, the, uh, especially the scene where Deadpool is in the... Well, you can show her Once Upon a Deadpool. What's that? It's the it's the the PG thirteen cut. Really? There's a there's yeah. a PG thirteen cut. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's called okay. Once Upon a Deadpool. I'm not quite sure if it's available on streaming, but it is out there, okay, so that way you can do that. Um, though, unfortunately, it involves the recently named Badman Fred Savage. Oh, oh yeah. He's been removed as director and uh, exec producer of the uh, Wonder Years reboot for uh, problematic behavior. Too many monsters out there. Um, so well, this big is and not, little, big yeah. and little, right? Oh yeah, oh yes, I remember that. That's with uh, his brother Ben and Howie Mandel. Yeah, Howie Mandel. I can't remember his name. I was like the germaphobe, <laughs> the, the like-minded individual in my life. Okay, so just to get get an idea of how much we liked uh, Moonfall, we've started talking about other movies. So correct. So um, Moonfall, one moon out of five. Yeah, zero, like half a moon. Oh wow. Okay, quarter you want moon, half a moon. Okay. Waxing gibbous. <laughs> perfect uh yeah so it's like a do not view yeah essentially even even worse waning gibbous if you can put it on like a 2x or 3x speed just speed through it that's the only logical way that you're gonna enjoy this thing i mean just watch the gravity uh those those were kind of fun i yeah i agree the gravity storms i agree all um, right brian that's a, that's so have we answered the question who is Moon? Who is Moon? Uh, please let us know. You can do so on social media. You can hit us up on Twitter. I mentioned this earlier, double underscore density. You can also find us on Instagram, double uh, density podcast, as well as you can email us at double density podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, you can also hit up double density.net and fill out the contact form like John D did in order to let us know about his ramblings. 
Yeah. So you have either or there. Um, you could do like Jason and email us, or you could fill out the contact form like John and uh, just let us know what you're thinking. Sounds good. Who is Moon? Question answered. Another alien cinema is in the bag. This has been it for Double Density episode 189. Angelo, I'm going to see you next week uh, when next episode we work on a new way of describing the moon or perhaps working on a new um, geographical, geological kind of way of, of describing lands, time, etc. That's just flat earth. Well, I mean, we can get into flat earth. We usually do. Sounds good. See you, Angelo. Bye. Your lights went off there, and I thought you just signed off. That was funny.